Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to the Rare Petro Podcast. As always, it is me, Tavis Killian, bringing you another informative and entertaining episode of Monday Madness on August 16th, 2021. Normally, I try to open up each episode of Monday Madness with some lighthearted banter, but today I'd like to address what's going on in Afghanistan. If you haven't heard, the Taliban has assumed full control of governmental affairs. There are thousands of people fleeing the country, and everything's in disarray. I know in the US we have our problems to work through, as no country's perfect. Still, with current events like this, I do feel incredibly fortunate to be living in the States today. Take today to be a little kinder, patient, and thankful for your situation and the people around you. We are all stuck on this planet together, and some days will be a little tougher for some than it is for others. Do good things, and be generous. Now, on with the episode. The first statistic to look at, of course, is the WTI price. The past month has been relatively inconsequential in the long run, as we are at about the same price we were back then. Right now, the price sits at a humble $67.55. Sure, we peaked at about $74 a little ways back, but that was pretty short-lived. The last week spent most of its time bouncing around the $68 to $69 range and fell on opening this morning. I know I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, but we have to focus on the long term. The price has been falling for a couple of weeks, yes, but don't forget that just one year ago today, we were looking at a $43 barrel, which was a big win at the time. So hopefully a year from now, we can reminisce the days when oil was stuck near $70, even though it sits at triple digits. So keep that focus on the long term and have confidence in positive price pressure. I've got a little story later on in the podcast that will serve as confirmation bias for that argument, so be sure to stick around until the end. Next up, the rig count. In the past two weeks, we saw the largest decrease of 2021 as we lost three rigs. Sounds a lot more shocking than it was. And then the last week, we saw a rig count increase of three to offset that loss. This week, however, I bring good news. Rig count went up nine rigs. That is tied for third biggest increase of the year, right behind a tie for first at 13 rigs. This leaves us at 127 rigs in 2021 and brings us to a grand total of five rigs. We haven't been above 500 since April of 2020, and I'm almost afraid to acknowledge that because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. So a little knock on wood, and we'll keep it moving. Still, this report begs the question, who had the biggest gains? Ladies and gentlemen, the Permian has stepped out of the spotlight to allow the Eagleford and Williston Basins their 15 minutes of fame. Those two basins saw a four-rig increase, followed by the Permian, who saw two, and finally the Can of Woodford, who posted up one more rig. The Haynesville, however, lost a rig this week. Most other basins saw no change. State by state, New Mexico, Texas, and North Dakota saw the biggest gains with four, three, and two, respectively. Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Alaska each lost a rig. Of course, most of these rigs will be drilling horizontal wells, but virtually all of them will be drilling for oil and not gas. They actually lost one in the gas category. We will keep an eye on this in the next few weeks, as this could be a response of operators looking to address concerns over rising petrochemical costs related to inventories. And speaking of inventories, we've got even more good news. You would have heard it by now if you were reading Rare Petro's Thirsty Thursday, which comes out every Thursday on LinkedIn, and it's a fun combination of data and drinking, and it's all on the internet. If you aren't fond of playing with data and having fun, I'll go ahead and fill you in on what you missed. When I said more good news, it's as close as you can get to being good news without actually being, well, meaningless. The EIA predicted a 1.2 million barrel drawdown, but witnessed only 450,000. 
Small, yet desirable. The API expected a smaller drawdown of 1 million barrels, but reported a similarly small 800,000 barrel drawdown. While some may be quick to point out that it's likely COVID causing the decreased consumption, we are hesitant to attribute that as the leading factor. Yes, there are some fears and mandates coming back, but commercial activity hasn't seemed to slow too much just yet. There is still international and interstate trade, so hopefully this is just a strange slump. That is not to say we could see a plummet in consumption anytime soon. While the draws on crude may have been minimal, the draws on gasoline were much more significant, down another 1.4 million barrels, which brings it to the lowest we've seen for this time period in over five years. Turns out it even worried the president as he requested OPEC to boost oil production as gas prices climb higher and higher, which is actually our first story of the podcast. If you paid any attention to the Biden administration, you would know that one of their primary goals is priming the United States for the energy transition phase out hydrocarbons, bring in green technology, you know the gist. The primary goal is to reduce emissions. That's the benchmark they've selected. Right after the release of a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that works to subsidize as much green tech and EVs as possible, Biden requests OPEC plus leaders to produce more oil. This is part of the statement released by National Security Advisor Anthony Jake Sullivan. Higher gasoline costs, if left unchecked, risk harming the ongoing global recovery. The price of crude oil has been higher than it was at the end of 2019, before the onset of the pandemic. While OPEC Plus recently agreed to production increases, these increases will not fully offset previous production cuts that OPEC Plus imposed during the pandemic until well into 2022. At a critical moment in the global recovery, this is simply not enough. President Biden has made clear that he wants Americans to have access to affordable and reliable energy, including at the pump. Although we are not a party to OPEC, the United States will always speak to international partners regarding issues of significance that affect our national economic and security affairs in public and private. We are engaging with relevant OPEC Plus members on the importance of competitive markets and setting prices. Competitive energy markets will ensure reliable and stable energy supplies, and OPEC Plus must do more to support the recovery. Now, that's just an excerpt. I'm sure all of you can read, so if you'd like to find more, go ahead, Google, find that information, but I think that was the most important bit of the memo. Initially, this may be confusing to you because the Biden administration has taken, well, little to no action to promote affordable and reliable energy starting his first day as he shut down the Keystone XL. If they really wanted to promote the production of clean and affordable energy, it would likely have been done domestically. Operators have shown incredible restraint lately. Prices are higher than they were in 2019, yet we seem to have learned from our mistakes of going drill crazy and setting production records every month. I'm sure these companies would be happy to work with the government to come up with a plan to produce more. Not only would that be better for American business, but it would be much cleaner than importing oil from the Middle East. America does it cleanest, so it is confusing why the administration is attempting to produce as many associated emissions as possible if it's truly their goal to reduce them. After all, emissions are a lot like peeing in the pool. No matter who does it, it spreads throughout the pool, the atmosphere. So again, why is the president trying to stimulate production abroad? Even Texas Governor Greg Abbott expressed his distaste by tweeting, quote, Dear White House, Texas can do this. Our producers can easily produce that oil if your administration will just stay out of the way. Allow American workers, not OPEC, produce the oil that can reduce the price of gasoline. Don't make us dependent on foreign sources of energy, end quote. Texas can definitely produce a significant amount of oil. It would require more than just one state to ramp up production in order to offset the cuts of OPEC. Again, it is ultimately 
counterintuitive and confusing. It almost makes you wonder if the administration truly wants to run industry out of the states in order to let the rest of the world produce their own mineral resources, which is the same as outsourcing carbon emissions and environmental costs to the rest of the world without even getting into the fact that it increases our energy dependency. Apparently, it's now cool to pee in the pool as long as you don't pee in Biden's corner of it. I'm excited to see OPEC's response, but I would not at all be surprised if those other countries replied with a cold shoulder. A pretty ambitious request from the West, and, I mean, I, I don't tell you how to do your job, you don't tell me how to podcast. Why would OPEC want to know what the U.S. has to say about things? But, regardless, I know that got a little long-winded. But, it's the latest development in the realm of energy and policy, and I felt it was worth sharing and diving into. If you want to learn a little more about this, search for David Blackman's article on Forbes titled, Suddenly worried about gas prices, Biden wants OPEC Plus to produce more oil. I source a lot of information from that article, and he covers it all extraordinarily well. But that is the end of this episode. If you feel we spent too much time talking about this one story, well, you're probably right. I tend to do that. But you can go to www.rarepetro.com to find dozens of other podcasts, interviews, and periodicals revolving around the energy industry and what goes on within it. There's something interesting there for everybody, so go mosey on over. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you listen through. Pretty sure it's available everywhere. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn as well. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody.